Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John the Baptist had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of people. Then they left their nets and followed Jesus. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, tending their nets with their father. He called them. So they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Have a question for you. Who is Hannah? Anybody get it? Show off. <laughs> oh, sure. Professor, uh, university professor, he's going to raise his hand. So, who is Hannah? Go ahead, John. Mother of Samuel. Okay. You know, there's always one of those in the crowd, right? <laughs> Thank you, it's correct. Okay, and this reading, if you read it, it's like mind-boggling. It's not that... I'm, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I want to talk about the Gospel, because that's what we're here for, I think. Even the very fact that Mark says Jesus started the Gospel. That's really important. Okay, but Samuel, go to the end. Samuel it grows up to be a prophet who is the first one to start the reign of kings. He anoints Saul at God's bidding, and he becomes the beginning of the, the kingdoms and all the kings of Israel. However, nothing comes easy, right? Um, he, they were living in a period of polytheism, excuse me, uh, uh, polygamy. In other words, the, Samuel's father had more than one wife. One wife had a ton of kids. The other wife, Hannah, was barren. In those days, first of all, he has two wives, so he has his hands full anyway. But in those days, if a woman was barren, uh, it was looked upon as a curse from God. Of course, science had not advanced. Consciousness was, was a lot less than it is now. And people were small-minded. They lived in small communities. Okay, so... He goes out, because he's a priest, he goes out and offers his sacrifices. And his wife, Hannah, is at home. She says, why, why bother going to church? Basically, she didn't say church. Why bother going? God has not blessed me with a, sacri with, with a child. I offer sacrifice. I do all this stuff. And he gives me nothing. And yet your second wife, see, the second wife wasn't as important as the first wife because they, they, their letter, level of importance was when they were married. The second wife had a few kids but Hannah had none. But she was faithful to God, and she says to Elkanka, why are you bother going to sacrifice? Why are you going to church? Outline, why are you going to church? Ask God for anything. He, he never answers me. And he says, I got to do what I got to do. I, I'm called to do this. This is my ministry. I'm going to the temple. I'm going to offer sacrifices. 
And in his prayers, he prays for a child. Meanwhile, back in the home, Hannah says to God, okay, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. I will dedicate him to you. I will raise him in the temple. Things were different then, sociologically. I will raise him in the temple. I'll raise him like a Nazrite, not a Nazareth, a Nazrite, which was a, a form of strict Judaism. And that Nazrite was dedicated to the temple. Guess what? She has a son. And Hannah is also a prototype of Mary, who doesn't have a kid, then has a kid who's very special, Jesus. So Hannah has a son, and she, and she raises him as a Nazrite. And he is very dedicated to God. He learns how to do the temple stuff, and he becomes a very, very popular priest and prophet. Eventually, he's the one who starts anointing the kings of Israel. So in the course of the scriptures from today through the year, and especially during Lent, you'll hear Samuel and you'll hear um, Hannah's names come up. That's why they're coming up, because they're very significant. When he anoints the kings, that's very significant, because Jesus comes from the house of David through Joseph, and the house of David was a royal lineage. So that's why Hannah is so important. Eventually, where she will be in history, she'll be the ancestor of Jesus. Okay, that's Hannah. <clears throat> but but the, the, read it, it's a little confusing, but there's a lot of dialogue going back and forth between husband and wife. And I, and I guess one, answer, one issue for us is, why do you bother praying? You don't get what you want every day you pray. And get that straight. We're not, God is not a, 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 a wish list. God is not a, a genie. You rub the lamp and pop out your wish. Prayer is our building of the community and relationship with God. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need me. God doesn't need our prayers. God doesn't need our worship. And the liturgy even says that in the course of, of some of the Eucharistic prayers. You have no need for our prayer, but we come before you because we acknowledge God. Now, that's a major slap in the, in the current trend in our history in the world. The lack of need of God, the lack of acceptance of God, whether it's agnosticism or atheism or just, I'm reading a book now, N-O-N-E, none. People who have no affiliation, they check off none, N-O-N-E, not religious time. And you and I know, if, as we read and as we work with our families, how desperately we need God in our lives. God gives us a direction. God gives us a morality. God gives us hope when, when things are hopeless looking. When my niece called yesterday and said her father had died, he was ill, but you, you're never ready. You're never really ready for death. I, I said I would pray for him today and pray for them because they need hope now. They need something to grab onto. The presence of God in their lives is what will get them through this disaster. We're in the middle of COVID throughout the world. God is not going to bing, 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 cure COVID. That's up to us with our advances and and science, but it's up to us to rely on God 
and have that relationship with God that says, okay, I'm going to do what's right. I'm, I'm going to follow my conscience, vaccination, no vaccination, mask, and all that. I'm going to follow my conscience, respect people, respect people's rights, and do scientifically whatever I think is best, or from the, from the recommendations of my medical supplier. Do what's best. But in all of it, God is in charge. Some of us will die from COVID. A lot of us won't die from COVID. God is in charge. So when we die with God on our side, there's such a comfort that we will be at rest with God. Purgatory, hell, heaven, I don't know. That's everyone's individual behaviors. But to know that we're with God, we're not alone. Right now, we've been, we've been advising people to sit separate, keep social distancing. No social distancing with God. I mean, physically, yes, it's appropriate, but no social distancing with God. He's right with each one of us. That message was reiterated today in Jesus, in the gospel. He's already been baptized. John the Baptist is dead, beheaded because he was doing God's work. Jesus comes on the scene in Mark's gospel and says, gospel. He starts the word, gospel. Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, the good news, evangelium of God. The word evangelist comes from that spreading out, evangelium, the good news of God. Our faith as Catholics starts right here. Because if Jesus didn't start coming on the scene and calling you, 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 follow me, we wouldn't be where we are. But he did. And what he gave us as he continued, he gave those, those fishermen confidence that they could leave their nets. Zebedee probably wasn't too happy that both of his sons would follow Jesus, but that's another story. But he gave them confidence that if they followed him, they would understand God. They would get to know God. And sure enough, they lived and died with that confidence in Jesus. So this gospel, the beginning of ordinary time, is like a reminder for us as we begin 2022, another ordinary year, to walk with God, to bring him into our lives, to bring him into the lives of your families and friends, your neighbors, to let people see where you stand regarding your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, do what you want with the politics. Where I stand is with faith in Jesus Christ. That's, that's what we all should be promoting. The good news of Jesus. And the good news of Jesus, let it filter into us. When we wake up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, when we shop, when we relate to friends and family, when we have dinner, God's with me. I don't have to act like a holy roller. I don't, I'm not going to have a halo. I'm the special. I'm not going to have a halo around my head. But to be in the presence of God in all you do, boy, that would change things. That would change how we answer one another. That would change how we relate to each other. That would change how we deal with the poor and the hungry. God's with me, and he's also with that person. How am I going to deal with him or her? We all have our own issues, and so did Hannah have her issues with her husband. But she held on to her faith in God, and that faith was rewarded our faith is rewarded because holding on to Jesus, we have him in our lives through the Eucharist 
through his word and through our prayer. 